Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall, back with you, 2022, hopefully for the whole season. Uh, we took a little hiatus last year because of coronavirus and just all kinds of stuff. So, But we, we're back. You can't keep us away. And by we, I mean myself and my partner in crime, the PIC, Mike Haig from RacedaySA.com. Mike, how are you? Hey, Don, How you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, good to see you. And man, it's great to be back talking about NASCAR and motorsports again. Yes, it is. We want to let folks know, uh, of course, we want to be up front with you guys. If our audio sounds a little off uh, today, we wanted to just make sure that we got our first show out uh, actually like before the Daytona 500 happens. <laughs> so my end, I'm having a, a, a little internet issues here. So we're, we're kind of having to just do what we can right now. So uh, we will get that taken care of, though, here in the next day or so. And hopefully by our next show, everything will be back to sounding like it normally does. If it doesn't sound bad, then hey, just ignore what I'm saying. But anyways, but we we did want to get a show out because there was a lot of stuff that has happened over the last week here leading in, well, shit, two weeks. Um, I'm going all the way back to the Coliseum and there was, there was stuff there that happened. And, and now with the Daytona 500, just a couple of days away, Mike, we had the duels last night. Uh, truck race is going on right now as we speak, as we are recording. Are we ready for this? Are we ready to go with a whole nother season? I tell you what, I'm, I'm ready. I've been ready. I tell you. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the clash at the Coliseum that we had a couple weeks ago now, and um, I thought that race turned out to be a really spectacular event. I was real skeptical, Don, about you know how that was going to go over and everything, but uh, it turned out to be a pretty exciting race, and to see uh, the fans come out and support it like they did was really good, and I think it was something different that NASCAR wanted to try and I think it definitely worked I think it was successful and you know we'll have to wait and see what goes down now in the future if they decide to do this again or try this somewhere else possibly might work I thought it was a huge success and you know let's let's we'll we'll pull the curtain back a little bit going into it before the race happened there at the Coliseum you weren't too keen on the idea of it were you or you kind of thought I guess after the practice sessions and stuff you you weren't a fan and then afterwards you were singing a different tune yeah well it was you know the uh the, the practice sessions didn't really do much 
for me, Don. I, I, I was like, man, it's kind of boring. They're slow. The track's too short. But then those last chance qualifying races, and that's where it got really good, you know, that they had. And, and I started seeing, you know, more passing and beating and banging and the close racing. And I thought, man, these guys are putting on a good show. And then definitely when the when the main event came and then, you know, they I loved all the uh, things they tried with. They had multiple grand marshals this year for that event. They had, you know, the the, the, the uh, music and everything, and then uh, the entertainment at the at halfway through the race. I liked how they stopped the race. You know, I think it was, was it like seventy or mm-hmm. fifty or whatever it was, and and um, they stopped the event. We had, a, you know, a lot of entertainment and everything, and then they came back. The guy gave the guys a break and came back got back in the cars and continued and i thought that was kind of neat to have a little break in the middle so you know nascar is trying to do something different and i know a lot of the fans are like you know it's always been a daytona the crash has always been a daytona but it's like the all-star race they've moved that around now to a couple different tracks and i like the way it's been handled and the way things are taking place there so i think you know this is really good for nascar to try something new and take the chance and, you know, maybe we, this will work where it'll, you know, get a bunch of new fans out to come out to the race. I was seeing something, I want to say NASCAR was saying that they were guesstimating, I want to say like 70% or something like that uh, of the ticket sales were first time or new fans or something like that is what they were saying. So, uh, I mean, I think it's, it was a great deal. I mean, it got, it got tremendous responses and stuff like on social media and things. Two weeks before the Super Bowl, there was already a lot of hype in Los Angeles anyway, coming into the, the big bowl game. You know, people were going to be coming and then you had all the celebrities that came out to this NASCAR event. I noticed that when I was watching the, um, the crowd shots and stuff, a lot of times you'd see, a lot of young fans, they had a lot of like college age kids who were um, in, 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 the, in the audience and they were having a good time. Now, who was the guy that played um, at, at the break, uh, the entertainer? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. I couldn't think of his name. I thought that was cool how he drove up in the car, you know, and mm-hmm. got out, walked through those arches, the, the arches there. And that stadium, you know, if you get to think back to the stadium there with the LA Coliseum, so much history there it's, with. Uh, the, the Rams from the 70s and stuff that played there and the Super Bowls have been there before. They've also had um, the winter, I mean, the Summer Olympics were there, I think, in 80, 84, I think uh-huh, it was. Or 84. Something like that, 84. So, you know, there's so much history. I mean, I remember seeing a, uh, a motocross race there one time and uh, on, t- on TV that was just spectacular. And they've had all kinds of different events there. So, the NASCAR to come in there and spend a million dollars putting that track down, that was pretty. That was a lot of money they spent as a big gamble. But I tell you what, I think it paid off, and it, it was bringing NASCAR to a new area. And yes, we have racing at Fontana, California's or Auto Club Speedway there in Fontana, California, but it's not the same, you know, on a, on a short track like this. People have been wanting short tracks, and I know this is not a stock car track. But it did turn out to be a pretty cool little, you know, quarter-mile track. And the guys seemed like they had fun. And, you know, when you don't have points attached to it, and I think that made it better as well. The guys can just go out there and have some fun. I tell you what I thought made it amazing, and that has to do with this car, the this new car, this next-gen car. We were told that this next-gen car was going to even out the field 
the playing field. And that's what I thought was the coolest part of the Coliseum races is the names that you saw that were up there, you know, these guys that you don't normally hear about uh, as contenders and, and, and guys that were up there and contending the races, the heat races, and then also they're into the race. And then some of the names, the bigger names that didn't make it into the, the, the main event. So, <laughs> I mean, and, and you've seen that now going into these qualifying races and uh, or, or sorry, during qualifying. And then also in the duels, you've kind of seen a little bit of that. You know, everybody, all the hype uh, going into qualifying or after qualifying was Chevy, Kyle Larson sitting on the pole, Alex Bowman there uh, sitting second. And then we get into the dual races and it's the fours that were dominant <laughs> during the during those races. And so I don't know what to you know, what to expect on Sunday, to be honest with you, because it just seemed like y you just you just don't know. I mean, everybody is on equal playing field trying to figure out this new car and how it's going to work on this large track. You're right. And I talk about the car. I'm looking at the spec sheet of the, of the car and these uh, next gen cars on this uh couple things about this. It's 193.4 inches long, 78.6 inches wide. Uh, it's got a 110-inch wheelbase. Um, the car weighs 3,485 pounds. There's a four-inch spoiler on the back. A couple more things. It's a five-speed manual transmission, and um, it has 18-inch wheels, and they, you know, there's a one like big lug nut thing in the middle there. And uh, it's the, they're running a 358 cubic inch engine, so in a 20 gallon fuel tank this year. Uh, so they have a bigger fuel tank, which is going. We're going to see. We saw that in the, in the duels. Pit stops are a little bit different. It takes a little longer because you're putting more fuel in, you know, than I think than they had before. So uh, I like the car. I like the way it looks. I thought it looked really great the other night. I, uh, last night when I was watching the dual races, the, the cars on the track looked really cool at nighttime. I liked the, the, the placement of the, of, the, of the number and the and how the sponsor is behind it. And so that's a little different. I like what I see. I do too. And, you know, you mentioned that, that larger tire, that 18-inch tire. One of the other things that plays a big issue in this new car is the new composite body. Um, no longer yeah. going with the sheet metal, the steel. And... When it comes to the tire, that's another thing is with the composite body is you they're hoping you don't have as much breakaway and where so that you would have sheet metal and stuff that's out on the track that causes tires to go down if they run over them or whatnot. And we've kind of seen I mean, we've seen a couple of decent accidents and this car can take a beating, um, you know, it and the other thing, too, is it's going to free up guys off of pit road where they're not having to hammer out the steel, you know, to get things, you know, back into place or with as far as the aerodynamics and stuff go. I think this car, you're going to see cars, more cars staying on the track longer periods of time and stuff because they're not having to mess with tires going down because of crap falling off of the cars and, and just some other things. There's there's a lot of other things with the cars. I want to we'll we'll talk about that as the season gets in. We'll bring on Philippe Lopez, of course, uh, and and then our our good friend Matthew. Uh, we'll bring him on. But I like these guys to explain it to us. Um, but there's so many different things with this car, and something else to keep in mind. Looking a little bit further down the road. Here we're getting this car, and you know, Mike, for a year and a half, two years, all we could talk about is, oh, well, in 2022, that new next-gen car is going to come out. Well, keep this in mind. In 2024, 
there's going to be a new engine that comes out. So <laughs> we've got something else to look forward to with with this ever evolving uh, NASCAR, new NASCAR that we we are up, uh, that's upon us, I should say, because everything with this sport is changing, and I'm I'm for it. I am all for it because so far it is delivering. Yeah, it really is, and I tell you, uh, you know, there's a change of schedule this year with how they're running some of the races and the order they're running them, and um, I like that. I'm going to be returning to Coda again. The three series are coming back in March to the Circuit of the Americas. The um, all-star race will be back at Texas. And um, the Texas race, fans usually are used to going either in late October or early November. That race is going to be now in September, toward the end of September, so much, much earlier. So you can't blame beer season now on <laughs> not going to the races, you know. So um, beer season doesn't take place in September. So I just like some of the things that NASCAR is doing, and I think we're going to see uh, everything uh, everything for some of these races. So that's uh, a good crowd. I think they're expecting between 130 and 150,000 is what their estimate is right now. And perfect weather, too, from what I hear. Yeah, that's one, one thing that we uh, don't want to start out with is having rain issues. But um, I think the weather forecast does look really good, and, and the guys uh, talked about that. Uh, and yesterday at, at the uh, post-race uh, press conferences. But um, I wanted to mention that on those post-race press conferences yesterday that we had a number of guys that we, we got some audio that we can play here in just a little bit. But uh, how about Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher winning the two dual races last night? Yeah, again, we mentioned that earlier. Uh, the, the Fords were just dominant in these dual races, you know, Brad went in and did all kinds of stuff, Mike, during the off season. I don't know if you knew this, but it was like, okay, everything about this is going to be new. I want people to come into this and, and realize, okay, this is a new venture. Even though Roush Fenway has been here doing their thing, this is a new collaboration and we're going forward together in this new venture. And I mean, everything, I mean, from the waiting room in the, <laughs> at the, at the shop there. I mean, there was so many little things that people were like, what, what is he doing? You know, but it, it's the mindset of it all, like coming in and it's new and it's fresh after the Coliseum run. You, it was a little shaky as somebody that's a huge Brad K fan. I'm like, Oh God, here we go. The struggle's going to be real, but man, <laughs> you want to talk about a team making a statement at Daytona. I mean, Brad made a statement. He made the perfect timed move on ryan blaney to get around him uh blaney wasn't expecting it got around and it was it was see ya and then chris busher i mean joey logano was dominant there during that race number two yeah. but busher was right there they were working together and joey and and god bless him for manning up and 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 saying what he needed to say because it was true he just mistimed the block he mistimed it and came down and caused himself to wreck and has to go to a backup car now but he owned it he took full full fault for it which i mean was awesome and you know chris busher did everything that he needed to do was in the right place and 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 put himself there and what a statement going into the Daytona 500, these two cars for RFK Racing made. It definitely did, and I was definitely impressed with uh, what I saw last night. Like, you talked about the Fords. I mean, I'm looking at the results for the first race, and the first four positions were all occupied by Fords. And I'm looking now, I'm looking at the results for the second race, and the first three positions were Fords. So, I mean, Michael McDowell and Harrison Burton in that second race, Don, they finished second and third in that order, and then we had some Toyotas with Kyle Busch and Chris Christopher Bell, Truex, 
And you know one thing about Truex I wanted to point out real quick? I didn't realize, Don, until yesterday it was pointed out on the, the pre-race show that he has never won a super speedway race. Wow. I, I didn't I, even I realize he, that. I thought he had, but uh, Larry McReynolds, I believe, was the one that was talking about that, saying that he has not won a super speedway race. And come to think of it, you know, I mean, he's won at the, the road courses and the intermediate tracks and, and some of the short tracks, but I don't recall him winning a super speedway race. And actually, I... I can recall him crashing a lot. <laughs> Mike, you brought up the, the Toyotas. They seem to have, the Toyotas and the Chevys seem to have struggled just a bit as far as strategy. I, I don't know what it was that was happening in the duels, but they, they just couldn't get things going. And, and I, I think, too, the way that the duels were set up, as far as Chevy goes, you only had like one Chevy in the second duel, I think. Um, and then, you know, they were all in the first first duel to work together. Interesting, able as a single car sometimes to be able to race up yeah. against two and three cars or a pack of cars. And it's yeah. the, the over last night yeah. watching, it just seemed like, no, if you, I mean, if you got caught losing the draft, you were gone. You were, you may as well go back to your hauler or something because you were not catching that pack. Um, to save your life. And so that's going to be really important for guys is making sure that they are hooked up to somebody and staying in the draft. And it also takes me back to, this is kind of funny too, because we go backwards, you know, like our NASCAR fans that are never happy. If you remember a few yeah. years ago when we had the, the, the freight trains as they would call it, or the, the tag team yeah. thing and people hated it. That seems like to me what we're going to see is we're going to see some four or five car teams pushing each other and there's going to be a whole lot of different ones, <laughs> and which I'm excited about. I kind of liked it. Well, it can also give some of these guys a chance that who don't normally don't win um, these kind of races, possibly win a super speedway race. I wanted to point out Bubba Wallace yesterday, you know, finished seventh in his, uh, his event, and he ran really great. And I'm looking down the field, you know, guys like Ty Dillon ran good for a while, and Greg Biffle, who uh, back now for this, this season for maybe a few races, what he's going to do. Uh, but he, he finished uh, 13th on the grid, and, um, you know, there were 21 cars in the, in the second race, or 22, I think it was. And so, you know, some of these other guys who normally don't have the chance possibly could pull off a huge victory on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll do our picks here in a little bit. Um, but again, we did mention Kyle Larson yeah. will be on the poll. Alex Bowman will sit second. You know, a couple of the other big stories that we saw coming out of the duels is, uh, of course, you mentioned, and we'll hear some audio from him here in just a little bit, Kaz Grala, who, of course, is driving for the money team for uh, Floyd Mayweather's team. They, are, you know, they entered here in the Daytona 500. Beautiful car. Beautiful paint job mm -hmm. on that car. Oh yeah. Um, he was he was pretty much out of it there for a while. Had I think got caught speeding on on pit road or something and got a penalty. And next thing I know, here I'm busy watching Brad K. They're going for the win in the race, and then <laughs> I think it surprised all of us. We realized, holy crap. Kaz passed J.J. Yaley, and so he somehow he managed to get himself back on the lead lap, passes J.J. Yaley, makes it into the Daytona 500. So such such huge news for him, and he was so excited. Well, we have audio from him if you'd like to hear it. Sure. Kaz Gawa yesterday, he was awfully excited. Here we go. Oh, it's a it's a relief. I can tell you that. I uh, 
I thought for a while there that we weren't going to make it and squeaked by just on the last lap. Um, I made a mistake early, sped on pit road, uh, shouldn't have had that happen, and um, barely came back. We were running some fast lap times in that line towards the end, and I knew we were going to be close. I thought we might have a chance at catching him, and the timing was just right. Right on the last lap, we got to him, got by him, and that's what we needed to do to make the 500. So, I mean, this is huge for the money team racing, huge for, for Floyd, for Pit Viper. This mattered a lot to us. There really was no option but to make this race. So we squeaked in by the skin of our teeth, got the, the hiccups out of the way, and hopefully have a, have a smooth Sunday. Um, I went from puke to puke, <laughs> puking nervous to puking excited at the end. Um, I, I was worried as we rolled by him on that last lap. I, I didn't know if he was going to try something, try to like block, shoot down in front of us. There wasn't a hole for him, but I, I was worried about whatever he might try because you got to try. That's all we did, and uh, whew, that was a relief. When we were catching them, I could see with, like, two laps to go, I'm like, I think we're going to get there. I really think we're going to get there. I couldn't even believe it, but uh, it worked out. So, uh, yeah, huge relief. I was still asking on the radio even after the check, and I'm like, are, are we in? Are we, are we sure? Was that definitely the last lap? Are we definitely scored ahead? Uh, and, and luckily we were. So really, really thrilled right now. Disappointed in the mistake I made, uh, but at least – Got that out of the way, um, you know, figured out my dash. That was my first time working with this dashboard tonight. So not going to have any any issues with that going forward, hopefully. So, um, yeah, really excited for the team, no matter what way we got in. But, hey, if I was going into the night saying we're going to make it, I'd at least want to do it in an exciting fashion. So it, it was that. More exciting than I wanted, but it was exciting. <laughs> as far as the duel, I would say... It was more hectic this year, at least from a stress perspective for, for me. But both, both years, I have been in the duel, and I've been in, and then I've had something catastrophic go wrong and known that I'm out, and I'm definitely going to be out, and then miraculously, exactly what needed to happen happened both years for me to get in. So I apparently I'm lucky in the duels, but I, I would have rather saved my luck for Sunday. Hopefully I'll still have some left in the tank. Wow. He sure was excited, Mike. I mean, <laughs> you could definitely hear it in his voice. Yeah, he definitely was. And I, I'm really glad that he got the, um, got qualified or, you know, got, got in the race, you know, made the transfer in from the, uh, from the duel there. Cause, um, this is the second year in a row, as he said on the audio that this has happened to him. So he's, he's very, very lucky. He's got somebody, uh, looking out for him. Out there. Yeah, and then um, and I I know I could be pronouncing it wrong, but um, Jacques Villeneuve, right? He made the Daytona 500 as well. So I mean, the, you know, it's like he's like the Mario Andretti kind of guy. I mean, he's won everything, so why not try for the Daytona 500 as well? Exactly, and, and he's uh, I thought he was the oldest guy out there, but um, it's Greg Biffle who's actually going to be the oldest guy. Uh, the Biff got him by what? Yeah, by one one year, so. In the post-race uh, press conference, uh, they were talking about that yesterday with Greg. Uh, he's like the old man, and he's like he was just like shaking his head, like you know, it doesn't seem like I'm the old man, but I, I guess I am. <laughs> well, and speaking of, of Biff, you had some audio of Biffle or from Biffle as well, right? Yeah, you know, he's assembled the team this year, and uh, he's got back in here for this race. So uh, good to see Greg Biffle back. You know, he used to run. Um, Won, won, won a lot of races in the truck series and he came up you know doing really well in the Xfinity and Cup and so um, so here's Greg Biffle after the race and here's what he had to say and it feels it feels really good I tell you, I've not uh, I've not slept much in the last couple of days just uh, 
trying to keep a cool composure. I've been nervous about, you know, this race because there's so many things that can happen and so many ways it can go. And we've talked the scenarios all the way. And I watched the first race and I, I saw the 62 car was, you know, in the lead of the, of the cars. And I thought, well, if he, you know, finishes in front of those guys and the 50 actually runs in the second race, we'll be in on time. And, you know, just figuring all those scenarios. But the car drove really, really good. Um, you know, we ran up, you know, up in the top 10 there, 12th or whatever, ended up finishing 14th. We had a little bit of a hiccup trying to put fuel in on pit road and lost the draft. So we were able to kind of work our way back in there. And, uh, maybe, maybe that was good for us cause we missed that, missed that wreck towards the end. So we, we might've been in the middle of that, but, uh, really excited for Gramlin university and, you know, this, uh, Childress, uh, Hendrick combination uh, really worked for us, so we're excited about it. Let's face it: when you when you start a program, um, there, there's a lot of things you need. And you know, one analogy that comes to my mind is 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 you you're going to go camping for the weekend. You, you need everything. You, you don't have anything, right? It you know down to down to every last piece, and you don't know that till you get there. And you go, oh no, we don't, have, you know, we don't have this, or we don't, we don't have that. So we we had a lot of equipment, but you know, do we have the right equipment for this new car? And and that's what posed to be, you know, a big problem for us. You know, we only got ten minutes of practice in the first practice because of you know some of those new car issues that we weren't quite ready for. So it's it's been a challenge all weekend. But I think we got our feet under us now, especially with the way the car drove. Uh, the car drove amazing. You know, um, really, really good. I watched some guys that that look like they're too free and have handling issues, and and I didn't experience that. So, uh, makes me feel good for for the 500 on Sunday that I've got a competitive car that I can challenge for the win. You know, not just can we get in the 500. You know, when I was running tenth there, and you know, foaming at the mouth looking at the lead, I was like, I know, I I know, I can't. I'm just going to stay in line. I'm not going to be a good boy right now, but. Anyway, it, it's been a challenge for us all the way around. All right. There you go, Don. Definitely excited about racing in the 500. Yeah, it's good to have Biff back. Sometimes, I, you know, it's like there's guys that, that retired, in my opinion, or left too soon. And, you know, I, I mean, I, it's funny because every now and again, especially during the off season, the question will get posed to people. You know, if you could have somebody... Uh, that's not racing anymore. Come back and race. What and uh, overwhelming? I mean, there's a lot of Biffle fans out there. But overwhelming, it would be Carl Edwards is who I think a lot of people say that they'd like to see back. Yeah. Um, but Biffle's right up there with him, so definitely. You know, he. I didn't include it in this audio, but if you go to my website, racedaysa.com, uh, and look at the uh, story from the uh, qualifying, uh, the dual qualifiers there, uh, the audio, the entire interview is in the uh, story that you can click on and listen to. But one of the things I wanted to point out that he mentioned was one of the reasons why he left NASCAR, he said, he was tired of going to the track knowing he did not have a car to win. He didn't want to run for 20th place. He didn't want to run, be the guy that was just trying to stay on the lead lap. He wanted to go to a track and put a car on the track and win, not just be out there running around. And he said it was no fun. He said, I felt like I was already defeated before he even got to the track. And he said, that's not me. And that's, he said, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. And he said, I'm not knocking anybody I ran for or worked for or worked under. We were doing the best. That's the best we had at the time. But he said, I just, that's not me. 
I'm a winner. I want to win. And he emphasized that real big in the interview. And I, I, it's the first time I've ever heard him talk like that. But it made sense. And now I can see why he possibly got out when he did get out. You know, he got out at the right time, and he wanted to keep winning. And so Greg Bissell's got the experience, and he loves the way this car drives. Um, you might consider him as a long shot if he can stay out of trouble. He could be there at the end of the, the race fighting for a win, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we had to uh, hear from uh, Brad Keselowski. So Brad, you know, ran, ran really well and prizes there in the, in the first qualifier. So here's what BK had to say. Here's Brad Keselowski. It's just really good, and it's just so important. You know, there's, there's a lot of guy on, guys and gals on my team that have never won a race before, you know. Uh, the, the company hasn't won a race in five, six years now, five and a half, so I don't something like that and uh you know that's any kind of race so uh it's just really important to get that winning habits built up and, and the only way you can really do that is to go win so uh you know and that builds confidence in each other and, and builds expectations and, and not just the expectations were already there it's probably the right word it, it, it builds a um, reality that those expectations can happen so you know we had a, a really poor showing uh at the clash and uh we needed something to offset that, and this is a great offset for that. You know, the, the 500 will be a lot different than this race. Um, you know, I think the big thing we're noticing is as the pack increases, the cars change pretty dramatically. Um, and then, of course, on the, the 500, you know, you'll have the hotter temperatures because it'll be during the day. Um, you know, the good Lord willing, it doesn't rain on us, which looks pretty good for that. So that'll be a whole different set of circumstances that we'll have to adjust to. But uh, you know, I think I've got a really solid team. Uh, you know, most of the team is, is from the one car last year, and, you know, they, they've, they're built on a really strong foundation, and um, uh, this is something to just keep going from. Uh, but, you know, there's some things I could have done better, I'm sure, but uh, it's uh, good at being patient, putting ourselves in position at the end, and uh, I give a lot of credit for uh, my crew on executing the pit stop uh, really well to put us in position uh, where we could kind of uh, control our own destiny there. So... Um, then for me, it was just finding the right opportunity and capitalizing on it and, um, you know, working with my spotter. That was uh, important once we did get the lead to, to manage it and keep ourselves there. You know, for now, it's setting the bar really high, Mark. Um, you know, it's, it's having people that hold those same beliefs, surrounded by them, um, and, and then executing around them. Um, you know, it's, it's pushing in every way and every day um, and, um, you know, not accepting less than our, our maximum potential. And I think that's what we saw today was our maximum potential. Um, so there's there's a really good group of people here. Uh, we've assembled a great team kind of in the dark, uh, and uh, now we get to show it. And there you go, Don. Uh, again, uh, he's another guy who uh, I like real well. You and I have talked to him before. He's always been real great to us. And uh, it's great to see him move on from Penske and come over and to Roush and work with Jack Roush and be co-owners here and um i like what they're putting together the team they put together so far and i think um they might have a good shot to um win win either this weekend or a bunch of races this weekend i think they'll definitely be in the playoff at the end of the uh uh, you know how big of a BK fan I am, and especially when it comes to interviews. To me, he he gives the best interviews. So <laughs> he he just gives you so much information, and he, and he's so pol- like polite about it, and and just I just love him. I love everything about Brad Keselowski, and I'm I, I got to pull back a little bit. You know, yesterday was exciting with the run and stuff that he had, but I also am, am a realist, and I understand. 
I know where Roush Fenway had been. This new car changes everything, though, because it, it has even the playing field for everyone. So that's yeah. made it, you know, it, it does make a huge difference. But I'm going to go into this with my eyes wide open and understand that this is a new team and it could be a struggle. It's not Penske, you know, it's not it's not where he was and what he was running. It, it could he we could all be surprised and Fords could come out very dominant in this. Daytona, we always say, while there's people you can look at and say, OK, well, these are favorites or whatever. You just never know with Daytona. Daytona is the crapshoot. It's all about, yes, being fast, but you also have to have the endurance to be able to go the entire race. You got to take care of the automobile. A lot of luck goes into it as well. And being able to put yourself in those positions that are going to benefit and the team. Pit road is going to be a big issue, I think, too. I really do. Yeah. I posted video up on our Facebook page, on TrackSmack Facebook page, and I want to say it it might have been Gibbs Racing. I can't remember, but it was a YouTube video from NASCAR, and it's just kind of the choreography. These pit crews are having to learn a whole new choreography. Oh, yeah. You talked about the gas, putting more gas in the vehicle. There's that, but then there's also the one lug nut. So it, it changes, and I guess they have one less guy going over, or they've got less people going over. So everything is changing. Um, and, and you're going to see, Mike, at some of these tracks where pit road can sometimes make or break or a, a race for a driver or for a team, it's going to be a little dicey, especially in these first few races of the season, I think. You're definitely right about that, Don. And I tell you, you mentioned endurance, you mentioned luck, you mentioned being at the right place at the right time and having the, you know, the endurance just to keep up and not wreck the car and, and stay physically fit. I mean, this race is physical. It's tough on the body to be driving that fast. And, you know, mentally and physically, it's tough to handle these cars, any car on, on that track. But um, one guy that was put it all together last night, we got to give a shout out here to our Texas boy from Prosper, Texas, Chris Busher, winning the, uh, the second dual race. We have some audio from him. I work in Prosper. Prosper is 10 minutes up the road for me. So, yeah, hometown boy right there in the in Big Prosper. So, yes, Chris Busher, let's hear him. Well, the hometown boy was happy. So here's what Chris Busher had to say. Heck of a start for us. Uh, really cool to see uh, see Brad be able to park in victory lane after his duel and do such a such a great job there and um, sitting in the hall or watching with, uh, with Scott and – uh, and everyone said, well, there's a little extra pressure there, and we got fired off in our race and uh, stayed double file a lot longer than, uh, than I figured it would, but we were able to, uh, to get up front and had really good speed. Uh, really proud of the effort everybody did and, and the ability we had in our fast on Mustang to move around. So uh, it's a cool night. It's a good start. Uh, we have a lot of racing left to do yet. Um, you know, I was trying to, to time it out there at the end and uh, – had those, uh, those those single stragglers running around and was trying to get clear of all them and have some open racetrack to be able to make a move and um, ended up coming down to the, to the white flag lap. Was trying to do it a couple of laps earlier and didn't quite have the, the opportunity, but um, really cool night, really proud of everybody. Back to the shop and all the effort after um, after a rough rough trip out to L.A., so um, really cool start for a 500 weekend. Yeah, it's, um, it's awesome. Uh, it's a heck of a start. I know it's, it's not the big one. Um, and uh, and sitting here thinking about numbers and statistics, um, kind of makes you makes you think that uh, it makes it hard to, to back it up in uh, in the big race. And so um, that's I guess on my mind. But uh, what a heck of a start to to our season to be able to uh, to get fast on in the victory lane in the Cup Series. 
you know, it's still uh, still points paying event, right? It's not not quite the same, but it's it's still a really big moment for us. It's cool to see Jack smiling real big. Um, I'm sure he was in there with with the the six group as well. But uh, just a, a really really neat feel, a really cool start. Uh, wish it was a couple days later, and and we're still going to work really hard to make that happen. And, and we have a good opportunity. We have two very fast race cars, and um, I'm pretty confident that that we're going to have the ability um, and the opportunity to get there. Is just about being clean and um, you know trying to, to minimize risks up until those those closing laps. All right, Don, there you go. And again, uh, I'm real happy for this guy. He looked good last night. He did. He did look good. Like we said, he put the car where it needed to be in position. He worked really well. Let's face it, those Fords work really well together. You're going to see the Penske cars, I think. You know, Brad was teammates with those guys for so long. Chris Buescher, them. You're going to see them all work together. I mean, you really are. Because let's face it, after a couple of years of Toyota dominance, and when it comes to when it uh, when it comes to Daytona, and I'm I'm I can't remember what the numbers are exactly, but I heard a stat: Chevy, I think, has like fifty something wins. Fords would be next, and then Toyotas with like less than ten um, wins themselves. But you know, I mean, Chevy, of course, has always been the dominant car there at Daytona. So those Fords are hungry, though. They've the Fords have struggled for a few years, and they're hungry. I will say, you're going to have to have these teams working together. And uh, during the second duel, I think it was Harvick was in there and was having a few issues with Harrison Burton. I think not understanding how to get lined up and stuff. And once it happened, I mean, they lost the draft there for a, a, a little bit. Those guys were back in the draft and behind that main group of guys, I think. Uh, well, Harvick was, he, he ended up not being able to stay up with them because Harris, something Harrison Burton had done, but you know, Harrison's a young kid. He's learning too. This is all going to be new for him driving that Wood Brothers 21 car, which by the way, foil the foil gold foil oh, numbers yeah. love it yeah it looks really sweet on uh i love the, the look of that i hope they keep that that look this year between that and the white wall tires that penske cars would run that's freaking awesome i love it i do too and i tell you uh another driver i mentioned a while ago i want to bring up again it seems like he's got a new revived uh feel to him maybe a different attitude this year he's got coming in with more confidence i, I see the, when i listen to him and in, in the interviews this week is bubba wallace bubba you know is has the, new, the mcdonald's sponsor this year they've, they've got a new clothing line out um he did a great interview the other day with during the media media day uh, on media day availability that they have it was wednesday i i don't have it right now but by the time this uh, podcast gets put up. I'll have uh, the uh, audio put up from that from Wednesday. I'm kind of behind, running behind. But go to my website, racedayessay.com. Look at the media day notes. You can listen to this interview with. Uh, we talked a lot about running with Kurt Busch. He also talked about um, you know working with Denny, his car owner, along with Michael Jordan. By the way, Michael is expected to be at the Daytona 500 this Sunday, so we'll probably see him appear at some point and um along with a bunch of other celebrities but um and by the way michael turned 59 years old the other day i think it was today or maybe it was yesterday Don. i just no that makes me feel old when i hear michael jordan is 60 well i saw uh or 59 59 but uh, well i was surprised the other day i want to come back to brother wallace in a second because we had some funny audio over here from him but 
Chris Bill, our friend Chris Bill from from the radio sports show on Ticket 760, he he I think he had a post the other day that said that Roger Staubach had his 80th birthday. Yes, turned 80. Isn't that crazy, Captain? <laughs> yes. I that made me feel really old. I know, I know. It's it's just uh, anytime I hear about you know guys like that that I grew up watching and stuff, or or that are close to my age, like when I hear them talk about Kevin Harvick and some of these other guys. I mean, Harvick's a couple years younger than me, but you know, oh these these aging veterans, and I'm like, oh, shut up. But the, but you know what, Mike? Then we go to the track, and I start seeing all these young kids you know, coming up now and doing podcasts or working for the media or working as, you know, the team PR people. And it's, you know, hell, you've been doing it for 30 years. I've been doing it now for almost 20. So uh, a lot of new faces that we see some, some old veterans still hanging around there too, but a lot of, uh, a lot of new faces makes me feel really old actually. And there are a lot younger faces. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Well, okay. So, um, you were talking about Bubba, and I agree. And I want to. I definitely want to invite folks to go to your website, uh, racedaysa.com, to listen to that entire interview because I was going to say two two big factors that I think will play a uh, a positive deal in Bubba Wallace's t- uh, team this season, or his, him in in his psyche, I should say. He's engaged. That he got engaged over the off season, so uh, that's that's one thing that's going on. But I think, as far as with racing goes, Kurt Busch joining that team is huge. Uh, I mean, Denny Denny is a wealth of information for sure. Let's face it, though, Denny is the bridesmaid. <laughs> uh, Denny has not yet. Ca- Denny is the Dan Marino of of NASCAR. You know, he's he's there. He's had these championship runs, but just doesn't have the the bling on the fingers yet to to kind of back it all up. Kurt Busch, of course, a champion, uh, a former champion, but Kurt just brings a wealth of of stuff. But I also think too, Kurt can bring something else and that's how Kurt has had to change his mentality and who he is, who he was into Kurt has grown so much, so much. Um, I mean, you know, we talk about his brother, Kyle, that was Kurt, you know, when Kurt first started out for years, you know, I mean, they, they were kind of the same Kyle. I don't feel has outgrown that, but I also think Kyle plays into a lot of it because he understands his role, what his role is. You saw it at the Coliseum when he got introduced and he came out there and he kind of took himself and turned himself to the camera with where the Coliseum was behind him in the crowd and he's egging it on. He is the perfect heel for NASCAR. Kurt used to be the perfect heel as well, but I think Kurt realized that all of that shenanigans and stuff ended up costing him a lot of races and a lot of championships that he could have run. And he's just changed. He's let a lot of things go. I think, you know, from the days of when he, remember when he like bit off Dr. Jerry punches, you know, (laughs) I mean, he like chewed him out or something there and they, and got all kinds of crap for it in the garage area. Now he's like, he's just, a completely different person. Yeah, he really is. And, and he and Bubba seem like they're getting along really well. In the interview on the audio that I have, but you can, again, hear this on my website. You'll be able to hear it on my website. He talks about um, working with Kurt and what, what that means to him and what he's learned so far from him and Denny. But but you had mentioned about 
him getting um, married, and uh, he talks about that, that Amanda is, uh, we were trying to find the question here, I just saw it here, it was, uh, is it stressful doing with wedding money with the start of the season? And he basically said that Amanda's handling it like a champ, we actually hired an everyday wedding planner that has been rock solid for us, but he said, but I'm just looking at the dollar signs continuing to go up and up and up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, him and Amanda, we wish them the best. They've had, you know, they've been together a long time. They're back when when Bubba was with Petty. You and I both remember a time where there was some issues when when they broke up, and it just completely took Bubba out of. I mean, he he was just not himself at all. You could see he was distraught. He was dealing with a lot of depression and stuff. And so having her in his life, and and now. The two of them engaged. Like I said, I think that, you know, I think things may be aligning for Bubba in a good way and, and, and good for, good for him. Good for Amanda. Uh, it's good for our sport. And, uh, and, and, you know, he's got Booty Barker there. Uh, so as his crew chief, so he's, you know, he's definitely got somebody there that, uh, has, is a wealth of knowledge, probably one of the best crew chiefs in the, in the NASCAR garage. Speaking of Booty Barker, he, um, there was a question that was asked about him. And, you know, Don, we always try to look for something in, the, in these interviews that we can use that's different, that's something about the person. We'll try to bring the person, our personality out in these drivers. And he started talking about Booty, and uh, and we'll hear it here in just a second. But uh, apparently Booty is real big into collecting bourbon, rare bourbons and different kinds of bourbon bottles of liquor. And Bubba has gotten... As a result of this, he's taught Bubba how to do this. Now, now Bubba is collecting bourbon and trying bourbon. And they were in Austin, Texas here. over. I think it was over the off-season, he said. And they um, were at a bar, I think, on 6th Street. And he'll mention here in the thing, but it's a funny thing he had to say. But um, but so Bubba's gotten this bourbon and collecting as well. So here's what Bubba had to say about me and Booty collecting bourbon yeah i think booty you know brings a lot out in me that that i appreciate him for and he may not even know it but it's just having that relationship uh it's not really the crew chief and driver relationship it's not you know talking about you know what springs and shocks we're going to run and what size steering wheel it's just about life you know he's a big bourbon collector and so talking about that um is is super cool and having that personal relationship um he's he's sending me down that slippery slope of, of bourbon collecting and it's ridiculous um but but just that side of things, it's fun. You know, it's, it gets you away from the obvious, which is our job here and what we're doing this weekend. So anytime you can break that up and, and create a sense of, of, of a bit of like normal life, that, that trends upwards for me. I'm not, I'm not very deep at all. Booty's, Booty's, he's the collector and doesn't really drink. And I'm the collector that just drinks it because I, 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 I like the taste of it. And so uh, I'm, I just actually got into the bourbon deal um, two years ago, we did our road trip back from Phoenix and, um, we were actually, uh, in Austin, Austin, Texas, met up with the air force guys from the RPM days. And we went to a bar, um, in Austin down there. And, uh, the guy was, Sean was raving about this bourbon called Elmer T. Lee. And he was like, Oh man, you know, you got this, you know, how much for a glass? And I forgot what it was, but he was like, ah, oh, no, no, never mind. And, and I think I had a couple beers. So I was like, ah, oh, let's get, a, let's get a, Let's get a glass. I'll try it. And I hated bourbon. And I tried that. And I was like, man, this tastes like a little bit like candy. And uh, I actually really enjoyed it. And that kind of opened my palate 
because you hang around Blaney, that sucker, all he drinks is bourbon. And I hated it. And so now that I've kind of opened my palate up a little bit more, started trying to get a couple bottles, the market for anything right now is ridiculous. Housing, Lewis and I were talking about timepieces, cars, bottles of bourbon are ridiculous. You know, retail is 50 bucks, but they're selling for $1,000. It's crazy. Um, and so I think that's why booty doesn't drink it because it costs so much. And then the, the seller of that would be a great profit. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting out. So Elmer T. Lee is my favorite bottle. Amanda got me that for, um, for my birthday or Christmas last year and it's been solid. So, uh, I tend to drink that on very special occasions. So not much has gone out of that bottle. And there you go, Don, a little <laughs> there. So they're they're having fun and um and somebody you know who appreciates bourbon is me. I I, I really like the taste of bourbon. And, I was gonna uh, say you're you're got, a connoisseur of of bourbon yourself. Bourbon and rum, especially those two are my favorite liquors. Also single Scotch malt, uh, single malt Scotch, whatever you know, call it. Uh, whiskey, I like that too. But uh, but I like a good bourbon or a good rum, and you know, I occasionally fire up a cigar, so it's perfect perfect pairing. And um, I can't, that? I can't have alcohol anymore. I know. <laughs> well, I was going to say real quick. Uh, I need to get Michael Jordan. Uh, you have some bourbon. You like to smoke cigars. I'm sure at some point get all the guys sitting around. They'll have a good time. And I'd like to be a fly on the wall there. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Mike, uh, before we get into our picks and stuff, one of the other topics I wanted to discuss was, of course, Fox, the coverage there on Fox with Jeff Gordon going back to Hendrick, we've got full time, you know, Clint Boyer in the booth and of course, Mike Joy, Tony Stewart filled in there uh, during the Coliseum run and I understand he'll be here at the Daytona 500 and then they're going to kind of do an alternating deal. Tony and Clint was to me TV gold. Uh, the two of them together, they're hysterical. I mean, Tony's just he's so good. But I have to tell you, and, and this was kind of what an overwhelming response I saw on Twitter after last night's duels was people really felt, and, and you and I are huge fans of Larry Mack, that that's the threesome that needs to be in there. Larry Mack needs to be back full time in the booth for the broadcast. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I thought the three of them were great together. Yeah, I, I last night on the broadcast of the duels, it was the three of them in there. Like you said, I thought they sounded great. They all good chemistry. I'm going to miss Jeff Gordon a little bit, but I like Clint. I like Larry Mack Reynolds. We've had him on the show before. Great guy, tells great stories, very, very good to us. With Mike Joy, put the three of them together. you got a pretty good little combination. Going back to the race at the L.A. Coliseum, I thought Tony Stewart did a great job with, with that broadcast. And I thought he brought a lot into it, especially talking about the car. I really learned a lot about the, the new car from him, just listening to him talk about it, and what, what, what he knew and what he saw and what he's seen. And, and what, what they're dealing with as, you know, with him being a car owner plus a former driver, he gives the, the perspective of both. And Tony Stewart over the offseason, Don, he um, became a car owner of a drag racing team. He and his wife, Leah Pruitt, who, uh, he, they, they, they got married. Uh, Leah's going to join up with Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen's going to, they both left Don Schumacher Racing, and Tony's the owner of that, that team now. Tony Stewart Racing, and they've got um, uh, Leah driving the uh, funny car. I mean, the uh, top fuel dragster, and Matt Hagen's driving the funny car. So we're going to see uh, Tony going back and forth from NASCAR to NHRA, and, and uh, whenever he can get him in there, 
think it's going to add a lot to that Fox broadcast. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, you know, I like the idea that they're talking about floating somebody in and out of there. But at the same time, and Mike, you, you and I know this. I mean, we've been doing this for a long, long time now. Sometimes it's hard, though, when you throw somebody else in that's not a part of that. It takes a while to get that chemistry going and and the timing and stuff and to work on timing and those things. And so when you bring in somebody new each time, it's, you know, it's hit or miss on on how that's going to work. But I do, I definitely like Tony Stewart in there, and I definitely feel Larry Mack needs to be back and more involved. I mean, he just brings so much to the broadcast. Not, you know, I mean... not just on the car side of things, you know, and the technical side, but the history of things. Um, he yeah. balances it out. And I love Clint. I absolutely love Clint Boyer. I mean, he's he is gold. But with that said, Clint is a I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get. It's a ticking time bomb. It can go really, really good or it can go really, really bad. And you, you know, and, and which is awesome. I mean, that's, that's why we watch because you just don't know what you're going to get. It's a mixed bag. So I think Larry Mack kind of brings a little bit of balance there too. Cause Larry Mack's funny and he can, he can drop some one liners yeah. on you and say some funny things. Mike joy, my, I, I, Love Mike Joy. I have always been a huge fan of Mike Joy. My problem with Mike Joy is sometimes I just feel like Mike Joy is dated. Um, and so some of the things he says, you know, if you're if you're trying to get this younger crowd in and you're trying to do this, that's that's what Clint Boyer's job is, is to kind of bring this this younger crowd in. Um, yeah. And Mike Joy, sometimes some of the things he does. So I feel like Larry Mack is kind of a balance because he understands where Mike Joy is going. But he's also kind of cool enough that he can, you know, he can sit there and and he can reel in Clint Boyer if he needs to. Or he, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a balance that they're going to have to find. You're right. You're right. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it all works out this uh, first half of the season. But uh, I like what I've seen so far. And. Looking forward to the race this weekend. Yeah, so am I. So, uh, Mike, let's do picks. Let's see uh, who. Now, and let's explain to folks that when we do our picks, anybody that's new listening to our show, we do um, who you think is going to win. Then you have a dark horse, and then we have a really, really dark horse. Um, <laughs> um, so, basically, we give <laughs> ourselves three chances. Um, so, Mike, who's your pick? Well, uh, I'm looking at um, possibly uh, for the win. Just because he's run so well at Daytona in these super speedway races, I'm going to go with uh, Denny Hamlin for the win. And then my, uh, what was it, the second place or my dark horse? Your dark horse. Really dark horse. A dark horse driver is going to be Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Well, either either he'll be up there or he'll wreck half the field, one of the two. So, well, there you go. That's exactly. And then my really, really dark horse is uh, Joey Logano because uh, they're going to start in the backup car. Now, Joey ran great, but um, I don't know if the backup car is ready to go. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I don't know. That car he had the other night sure was running really, really strong. So I'll go with uh, those three for the for this uh, this first race of the season. All right. Well, I may, you know, again, the, the curse, Don's curse may end up biting me in the ass on this but um i'm gonna go brad k for the win i don't know i just feel like that that team's energized and this track is you know i i mean this this could be he would love to start out the season with a statement win like the daytona 500 uh and he looked damn good there in the duel in the first duel so i'm gonna say brad k for the win my dark horse 
um, is a guy that I'm going to say a lot this season because I think this team is a team to watch, and that's Trackhouse Racing and uh, Daniel Suarez. So don't sleep yeah. on Suarez, I don't think. Um, so I'm going to say Daniel Suarez as my dark horse. My really dark horse um, is another guy at Daytona that I don't think you need to sleep on and shoot. I don't think you need to sleep on him on the short tracks either after what we saw at the L.A. Coliseum. That's Justin Haley. Uh, I think you're going to have to watch Justin Haley. I think that's a true driver right there. Uh, keep an eye. And, and if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Justin Haley have a Daytona win or he has a super speedway win, I believe? Keep an eye out on Justin Haley because I think he is definitely someone to watch. And, Mike, I think it's going to become a recurring theme for us, or at least it's what I'm hoping during this season that there's going to be some names that we name <laughs> that, that you don't normally hear about. But I think that what that with this car and with the way that some of these teams um, now have built themselves up, some of these teams that have been on the lower tier over the last year or two now have two and three cars in their, in their, you know, in their stables. And again, this new car is kind of even the, even the playing field. So I think that we might be hearing some newer names that we're not normally uh, up there in those top, 10 guys or so that we hear about. So it should make things really interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're going to see um, some new faces in victory lane. And, and uh, I like it. I like the, the fact that that could definitely happen. And I like the fact that there's more of a level playing field like we've talked about. And I think this new car is going to bring a lot of excitement and uh, drama to the series. And hopefully the fans will uh, embrace it and come out and support the, uh, the tracks and we'll have good, good, uh, this year and that's what it's all about is keeping the sport going well i couldn't agree with you more so uh, mike it's good to see your face it's good to uh, hear your voice and uh, I am so happy that we are back and like i said we'll work on the audio issues we'll get all of that uh, squared away here in the next hopefully well and by we i mean me because uh, it's on my <laughs> end so uh, i'll put craig to work and <laughs> and see what we can figure out and I look forward to this season. There's so many things that Mike and I are really wanting to, to work on and try. Oh, before I go, I need to remind folks that they have until the drop of the green flag um, to get in on our fantasy racing league that we have. It's free. And I have been posting about it on Facebook and on Twitter. So you can just go to our Facebook page, Tracksmack Radio, and and or you can go to my Facebook page, Don. Uh, it's Don Bartlett Hall, uh, and then also on Twitter, yeah. Tracksmack Don is is what you can go and follow. And I've been putting it out there and putting it out there. It's Fan Tracks, I think, is the name of it. Our good friend Mike Benson found it for me. I think it's a little different than some of the ones that you see on NASCAR and some of these others. It, it reminds me more of what we used to do with Yahoo, um, which was pretty easy. So um, yeah. we'll see what happens. I've got several in there right now, but I think there are still a few spots open. So get on in there if you okay. want to get in. So, um, But it, it'll be fun to, to run that. I'll have to try and remember to set my lineup each week. It never fails. At some point, I'll forget. <laughs> it's easy to forget. There's yeah. so many races. Uh, anything else you want to add before we end this first show of 2022? No, other than, just, other than the fact that it's good to see you back uh, doing this again. I'm really glad that we're uh, back at it. It, it takes last year off, and um, that's behind us, and uh, you're looking good, and it's uh, 
it's good to be back talking about NASCAR and, and racing and what we've been doing for all these years. A lot of fun. Yeah, I, I want to say, I th- believe, Mike, this will be our 18th season. Yeah. God bless America. Eight, yes. 18. Crazy. I know. I can't believe. I can't believe you've stuck around and hung out with me that damn long. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, you have yourself a great evening and our listeners, uh thank you so much of uh, you know for coming back to us and hopefully sticking with us throughout the season. We look forward to talking with you. I look forward to Sunday's race. I hope it's a great race. Uh, one of the best ones yet that we've seen. I, I look forward to it. And Mike, we'll, uh, we'll catch up here next week and follow up on what happened at the Daytona 500. We'll have audio and all sorts of stuff for you. Thanks again for tuning in here to TrackSmack and TrackSmack Radio. And again, you can go to Mike's website, racedaysa.com. Uh, Mike's got stories up. He'll have things up all during the weekend and all sorts of audio for you. Uh, we'll see you guys here next week. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.